the help of Hashem, we're learning Saita Daflamit Hes. We left off on Daflamit Ches Amit Beis at the end of the second to last line. Iboyelohu. We are learning the sugya of Birchas Kahanan. We learned in the Gemara that Am Sha'achoyre Hakoyhanan, meaning if people choose to stay behind the Kahanan, Einam Bechlal Bracha, they're not included in the Bracha. In other words, the Birchas Kahanam has to be Panim El Panim, face to face. So, Eibayelohu, on this the Gemara asks, Tzadadin Mahu, what will be regarding the people that are on the sides of the Kahanim? There is a Machlekes Rishonim as to what the Gemara is asking about. We will understand the Gemara that Tzadadin doesn't only mean people that are not directly facing them, Tzadadin literally means people that are on their sides. So they're not in front of them towards the sides, but they are totally on the sides. Mahu, are they excluded from Birchas Kahanim because it's not Panim El Panim? Or do we say that halachically, as long as they are not behind the Kahanim giving the blessings, they are still considered in front of them? So as says the Gemara, Omar, Abomar, Abomar, the son of Ravashi says, Toshima, come and hear, I'll show you from a Mishnah in Mesech Tuspara. There we will see the definition of in front, of Panem El Panem. The Tran we learn, Neschaven Lahazois Lafanov, that if you have utensils that become contaminated with the Tuma of a corpse, Tumas Mace, meaning, that as long as they are not earthenware, they could become purified. But being that they became tummy through Tumas Mace, it's not enough for them to be taken to spring waters, to a mikvah, but they also have to be sprinkled with the ashes of the red heifer on their third day and their seventh day from the count. And as we are seeing here in the Mishnah, that the one that is sprinkling the water on these utensils needs to have kavana needs to have intent to be sprinkling the, 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 the waters on Kalim. And not only does that person have to have kavana that I'm sprinkling these waters on utensils, but if the Kalim are in front of him, he has to have the kavana, I'm sprinkling it on the utensils that are in front of me. And so if he had this intent, I'm, t- I'm sprinkling waters on Kalim that are in front of me, he does not need to have kavana on a specific utensil, but he at least has to have kavana on the kalim that are in front of me. And turning to Daflametes, and accidentally, that the waters sprinkled, they sprayed to utensils that were laying behind him. Or vice versa, if the kavana was to sprinkle the waters on kalim that are behind him, and unwittingly, Accidentally, the hizalafan of the waters were sprinkled on Kalim that are in front of him. So in both of these cases, says the Mishnah, the sprinkling is not valid. Let's read inside Rashi. The Ba'inan, right, it's the end of the top line. The Ba'inan Kavana Litahara, because you have to, when you sprinkle the waters, have intent that you're doing it to purify kidachsev vehiza hatohir al hatami sheyehem ischaven loy and loy does not mean you have to have kavana for that specific utensil but you at least have to have kavana 
for the area where the kalim are in. So if I'm sprinkling litahara, but I sprinkled on kalim that were behind me and I was thinking about the kalim in front of me, that, that lacks in the din of kavana, and the sprinkling is not valid. However, says the Mishnah back in the Gemara, the second line, the Flametes, but live, fun of, if the person was sprinkling, and the Kavana was to be Metahir Kalim, and he had the Kavana for the Kalim Lefanov, Vihiza al Sadadim Shebefanov, and the waters of the, of the Mechatos hit utensils that were on his sides. Here the Mishnah says, Haza Osik Shero, that a sprinkling is kosher, and more than that, the Mishnah does not speak out the opposite case. The Mishnah doesn't say that if he intended to sprinkle on the kalim that's behind him and it hit kalim on the sides, it's kosher. So we see here that the word or the concept of in front is a lot more inclusive than the back. The back only includes the back but not the sides. The front not only includes the front, also includes the tzedadim. So we apply the din of pada to hear to Birchas Kahanim, that as long as people are not behind Kahanim, even though they are only on the sides, the sides are included in the front. It's considered Panim El Panim. It's not Am Sha'achayre Kahanim. And their blessing also goes on then. We have something very interesting on Daflamates, both right here, and again on Daflamates on the base. We're going to go from dinim and birchas kahanim to dinim in the reading of a sefer Torah. The connection between the following statement, dinim about kriyas Torah and birchas kahanim, could be explained that at least part of the reason why people that are behind the kahanim are not included in birchas kahanim is because they are, by standing behind the kahanim, expressing some sort of disrespect to the bracha that they're being given. Like, why are you standing behind the person who's blessing you? You don't respect it. You don't honor it. You're not included in it. In other words, it's connected to the concept of the recipient needing to honor, to respect that which is happening. And perhaps this is connected to the following dinim regarding the reading of a Sefer Torah, that when the Sefer Torah is taken out in a minion, in a Beis HaKnesses, and it's being read that the people in that minion, in that Beis HaKnesses or in that Beis HaMedrash, need to show respect towards the Sefer Torah and towards the reading of the Sefer Torah. So it says Rava, Barafuna, that Kivan Sheniftach Sefer Torah, the moment the Sefer Torah is opened. Now you have a machlek, is what opening is refer, referring to. So we will read Rashi. The Rashi is the third narrow line. The opening doesn't only mean the opening of the Sefer Torah, but Uke Shehizchil, well actually that, that Rashi goes on the Pasik that we're going to bring in a moment, but Shitas Rashi is that Rava is speaking about from the moment the reader begins reading the open Sefer Torah back in the Gemara from then on, Asur Lesaper, it's prohibited for the people in that congregation to carry a conversation. And even if this conversation is in Halachic matters or in any other part of the Torah. Shinemar, as it says, and now we're quoting a pasuk in the Chemya, and that's the Rashi that when the Sefer Torah is opened and being read from, then Amdu Kol Ha'am, all of the people need to stand. Now, the literal meaning of the pasuk in the Chemya would seem that when the Sefer Torah is being read, Pashit, people need to stand. 
clarifies Rava that the Ein Amida Elashtika, that the standing in the Pasik and the Chemia does not mean standing. Einoi Ela. In other words, sometimes when we have a Drush, the Drush is not taking the Pasik out of the literal meaning. It means to stand, and it also means to be quiet. When you have the Lushen, Ein Amida Ela, it's not but, we are excluding the literal meaning. At least that's the way most Paiskim apply it, including the Machaber, that he allows people to sit down during Kriyas HaTorah Mi'ikar Adin. Obviously, if people want to be Machmer and they want to stand, good for them. But they fully understand the Amdu as that there is a Chiyuv, there's a Halacha, that you have to be quiet when the Torah is being read. Shinamar it says, and proving that Amida could mean not standing, but it could mean being silent. And this is a Pasuk of Eov, that his friends were trying to console him. So Eov says that, that I waited, for they did not speak. In other words, the words that they were telling to Eov were not working, were not consoling him. So he was waiting. And then he says, that they stood, and they were not responding anymore. In other words, when the friends of Eov realized that their words were of no effect, they stopped talking. They had that wisdom. And how did Eov say that they stopped talking? Not that they silenced themselves, but that they stood. So here you see that Amidah means shtika. And Rabzeira Amar Abchizda also agrees to this concept. He has another Pasik in Nehemia where it says, V'ozni kol ha'am el sefer Torah. In other words, that they have to be listening, paying attention to the sefer Torah. So here clearly you see that you have to be listening, meaning you have to be quiet. You can't speak and listen at the same time. And since we see from this passage that you have to be quiet, so he also agrees that the meaning of Amdu doesn't mean standing, it means being quiet. Now the Machaber in Simon Kufmem Vav writes that Kivin he paskins based on the interpretation of Rashi and the other Rishonim here that interpret that the obligation of silence is not from when the Sefer Torah is opened, but it's from when the reader begins reading. He writes, Asr l'sapir, afilu b'divrei Torah, afilu ben gavra legavra. That's very important. That means even in between readings, there has to be silence. Even in, in, in divrei Torah. Rav Moshe wrote a tshuva, and it's important to know this, because it's relevant. There are many people from ignorance that think that being that in the good old days, the reader regardless if there was a designated reader, or if Itaka used to be that everyone knew how to read it, so whoever got called, they read themselves. The reading used to be that you read a Pasuk, and then there was an interpreter that interpreted the Pasuk that the reader read, Pasuk by Pasuk. So people wrongly say, since you have a concept of a Maturgamen, and that for sure was not contradicting this halacha, that was not disrespect, that was not, ah, I'm breaking the silence, they were simply interpreting the, the Pasuk, People stretch that, that if a rabbi wants to get up and give a speech, give a sermon, relating to, the, to that kriya, ben gavra le gavra, he's allowed to do it. So Rav Moshe wrote a tshuva, saying that, no, that's the din of Shulchan Aruch. That asr le sapir, afilu bedivrei teira, afilu ben gavra le gavra. That the, the din of someone interpreting the verse that was permissible when it was done, our minig is not to do it anymore, and thank God today we have Chumashim and translated in all of the 70 languages so people can talk of follow the reading. There is a discussion amongst the Paiskim regarding, regarding the fact that we make long Mishabedachs today, and how does that work? Like, why is that permissible, and the Mishabedachs are not short? 
So we have to look, Pasha, look in the Shulchan Aruch and Kuf Memvav to read about all these dinim. The bottom line is, is that it's acceptable today for people to make Mishabeira, Spain Gavra, Lagavra. That is something that we do. But uh, to, as far as Lasapir, Afilo Bedivre Torah, I'll be Pashtas from the Din and Shulchan Aruch. Rav Moshe wrote a tshuva. Listen, it could be that there are other Paiskim that, that wrote differently. The many shuls that we, the many shuls, the many shuls that we know, Lav Dafkar, are, are people that are Pashat knowledgeable. These things are sadly out there. On the other hand, could be there are other uh, Paiskim that did not accept his tshuva. And they argued that it's connected to the concept of uh, the Maturgman. It could be. But he wrote a tshuva addressing this concept. I would say that most people don't know about this. So it's not that ah, I know about this, but I read something else. Neveisnisht. Okay, Vaitim. It's sad that, you know, the Kuf Chav Ches, I know it's the Dine in the Siyas Kapayim we have in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, but a lot of Saman, and we don't have Kuf Memvav, Dine Kriya Sefer Teda, we don't have. We don't have an Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch. We push it, we have to go back, we have to learn the Shulchan Aruch, learn the Machaber, learn the Ramah. And then that's the Itaka Paskin. You don't have to stand. Now, there are people that stand. Now, there's not something else about standing, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, let's go one thing at a time. First of all, by a Dover Shebekadusha, here already the Alter Rebbe brings the Kabul Chaymer from Egloin, Malach Moyev, that whenever there is a Bracha, whenever something Shebekadusha is being said, there is an Ingen to stand. So many points can apply this, that even though you don't have to stand by the reading itself, it's nice, but by the Brachas you have to stand. You'll notice it. Some people give us a lift up, because when a Bracha is being said, by Dover Shebekadusha, there's an Ingen of standing. Bechlal, by the giving of the Torah, it says, Vayar Ha'am Vayanu'u. So there is a concept from that that when Hashem gave the Torah, we stood and we shackled. This is in Shulchan Aruch. One of the sources of shaking is during the reading of the Torah. There's definitely an Inyan. And I think the Taz challenges our interpretation of the Gemara that Einoi Elo. He says you can't take the Pasuk out of the literal meaning. So the word Paiskim that said no, that there's Taka Adin to stand. People should be machmer to follow those opinions in halacha that you have to stand. So, and the Gemara here only means to add you have to stand and be quiet. But that is resolved if the reading of the Sefer Torah is in its own domain. So when a bima is built and it's either higher than Tantfachim, so it's considered in a different Rishos, or even if the bima is not higher, it's not on a platform that has Tantfachim, which is normal. It's normally higher than that. But if it's surrounded with the Mechitza, even if the Mechitza is not the bulletproof, so it, cons- it makes the place of the reading into a different domain. So then the obligation of standing only goes to those people on the bima. And that's the reason why many shuls, they build the bima for the reading taka higher. Not to go into the issue of do you have to stand or do you not have to stand. And people that are on the bima stand during Kriya Satayra because we go by, I think, the Taz who disagree, who, who, who brings others, who disagree with the Machaber, all coming back to this Gemara, that Enoi Ella cannot take out the Pasuk from the literal meaning, and it says, Ube Pischai, Amdu, you have to stand. Okay. Let's go weiter. Okay, so now we go, this is going to happen again on Daflametes, Samit Beis, that we're going back and forth from Birchas Kahanim, and Dinei Kriya Satoira, we're not done yet with Kriya Satoira. Back now in the Gemara, so yesterday we had, we had the simon, the mnemonic, Misave and Bracha and Duchen and Avoida and Kreis and Mak and Hena Be'egla, all Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Interestingly, the Gemara made a hefsek with a boya, with a din and Sefer Torah. And now we're going back 
to Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. I'm curious myself, like, why wasn't this included in the mnemonic? Why wasn't it put together with that? I have no idea. So, if a kain did not wash his hands specifically for giving the bracha, even though the kain woke up in the morning, and whether in Atilas Yadayim there's a machlekes, whether it's in preparation of davening, then you have in halacha another possibility that Atilas Yadayim, this is primarily based on the Zohar, even though the Gemara also mentions it, is not about getting ready to pray, but it's about I slept, getting rid of the tumah. But what were to happen if a person davened and they woke up in the morning and they washed until the Yadayim and they know for sure that they did not touch any part, anything that would halachically contaminate their hands. Nevertheless, a client has to wash his hands again. In other words, here it, there's a, a concept not of getting rid of Tumah, but of adding additional Kedusha in preparation of giving the bracha. And Kalkain Shulainat al Yadav should not raise his hands, should not give the Birchas Kahanam Shanaman as it says. And here we quote the Pasik and Tehillim, Su'u Yedechem. And as we learned yesterday, Su'u Yedechem is in reference to Birchas Kahanim. And here we add the word Kaidish. That the lifting of the hands is like an Avoida that we have in the Beis Amigdash or in the Mishkan, that there was a mitzvah called Kiddush Yodayim Veraglaim in preparation of the Koyen's Avoida. So, and, and Kiddush Yodayim meant in the Beis Amigdash, Pashit, the Kahanim washed their hands and their feet. So here they washed their hands, and only then, Uvarchu Es Hashem. And here you have a beautiful allusion to Uvarchu Es Hashem. Birchas Kahanim is a, is a mitzvah to bench the people. What's the Ubarchu Es Hashem? So going back to what we learned yesterday on Daflamet Chesamet Beis, the first din of Rabbi Shob and Levi, that he uses words that we are familiar with, we, we, that we have the schos to learn Hasidus, but these are words that are very much contested amongst those Rishonim that did not have access to Kabbalah, the words of Rashi, that Rabbi Shob and Levi says, that God, so to say, has a taifa to Birchas Kahanim. And Rashi says that Birchas Kahanim is Tzorech Makim, that it's for God. So that fits better with his words over here, Ubarchu es Hashem, means Birchas Kahanim. I, Barchu es Hashem is Birchas Kahanim. Well, it should mean when we're benching God, benching the people, a koyen, doing the mitzvah of Birchas Kahanim is Tzorech Makim. He's doing it, so to say, to fulfill a need of Hashem. So to a certain way, you can say he's blessing Hashem. He's fulfilling that taiva. Continues the Gemara Shahala, we have this in Megillah, Talmud of Shol Rabbi Lozer ben Shamua. Right, one of the great of the five, according to others, there were six Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva after the terrible thing happened to him and the 24,000 students, the 12,000 pairs passed away. So he had his five famous Talmidim, including his Rabbi Lozer ben Shamua. And Rabbi, and Rabbi Lozer ben Shamua had a very long life. And they asked him, or What did you do special that gave you the long life, the longevity? And he told them, obviously, certain things that are beyond the letter of the law. That will be their approach here. Because to say that I had a long life because I kept the basics, first of all, could be. But that's not the approach we're going to take. And that we're going to have to figure out how each one of these three is taka something beyond lifnim yishura sadim. So the first thing he told them was that that I never made a basic a shortcut. And how is this beyond the letter of the law? 
Me'ikar hadin, a person is never allowed to use a place designated for davening, or not even for learning, as a shortcut. So for example, here in the shul, if people have the keys to the back, and the person doesn't need to go through the shul, but they have to go to the street, so they go from the alley into the back, through the shul to the street, that is something that's usr. There are certain times that halachically you are allowed to do it. And there are certain hetatum of how to do it. For example, many people would walk into the shul, they would sit down, they would say one pasik. Oh, so I came here to say a pasik. Then they would stand up and they would walk to the front of the street. Halachically, that's okay. But being that they really went through the shul just for a shortcut, so that's something that beyond the letter of the law is not so nice. He never did that. Or al pidrush. You know, in life we take shortcuts. You know where he took his shortcuts? When it came to eating, when it came to sleeping, when it came to davening, he never took a shortcut there. He, he used his time to the max. Maybe that's another inner meaning of lifnim mishur hasadin regarding this halacha of not making a basic a kapandria, a shortcut. The second thing was, I never stepped over the holy people. What shot stepping over the people? That's something that we who went to 770 are very familiar with. In those days, people sat on the floor when they learned. So if someone came late to a share and he wanted to go to his designated place, it was packed with Talmidim. So they wouldn't, God forbid, step literally on someone's head, but they would step over people. And that's something that's disrespectful. Or like, you know, in 770, we have a shul filled with people and benches are packed one near the other and the benches have high backs, which is good. So people can go from one place to the other by stepping on the, the, you know, the edges of the benches, of the top of the benches. You're not hurting anyone, you're not touching anyone, but you're stepping over people's heads. Now, a, a student should never do that. A teacher is allowed to do that. A teacher is allowed to do it. He's going to give the class. He has to go to his place. That was his lifnim yishura sadin, that he never did it. And Rabbi Laza ben Shemua is the one that says in Pirkei Yavis and Perik Revi that he kavayid talmidecha, chavavalecha, kishalach. He was the one that emphasized the need to honor your students. So if you're going to honor your student the way you honor yourself, then it's much disrespectful, even if you're the Magid Shir, which meant that Rabbi Lazar ben Shamua always came early, and if, whenever if, you know, something happened, he made sure that he gives the class in such a way that he never stepped over someone's head. Oh, and the third thing, and you should on this third thing, I was just looking, there's a whole tshuva of Rav Moshe trying to explain this third thing. This is a huge discussion. I never gave birchas kahanim without making a bracha. And the question that all of the mafarshim have based on the approach that all of these three have to be beyond the letter of the law, the halacha is that a koyin, birchas mitzvah, before you do a mitzvah, you make a bracha. We're going to learn in a moment the nusach of the bracha. So the fact that he made a bracha before he, the kain, gave the birchas kahanim, what's the greatness about it? Rav Moshe's approach is, is that when it comes to birchas mitzvah, one person is allowed to make the bracha for everyone else. I can make Kiddush for everyone, for my whole family, including for, you know, for my, for the, for my older sons, for my wife, that Midoy Raisa is obligated to hear Kiddush the way we paskin. I can be Moitzi someone else. It became because of Rabbi Lazar ben Shamua that you don't have the elder Kayan, the wisest Kayan, making the bracha for all the other Kahanim, but every single Kayan makes the bracha. And there's, some, there's something about that, whether it is the concept. 
for Birchas Kahanim, he always made his own bracha, even though that Alpidin, he could have heard someone else's bracha. You know, Bachlal and Chassid is the emphasis of Baruch Hu of, of when it comes to all the mitzvahs, even if it's a beautiful mitzvah, so I'm blessing other people. It's a feel-good mitzvah to always remember that it begins and ends with the knowledge that we are doing what Hashem wants from us. And it's about the godliness in the mitzvah. The fact that I, it, it sounds nice and it feels nice, even the better, gezun to hate. But it begins with nasa, not with the nishma. And, and that is what connects us always to Hashem. Va'oid, these were the three mitzvahs that he had through which he merited to have a very long life. Now that we mentioned the birchaz kaihanim, the bracha, so a bracha bracha, which is another whole sugya. Normally you don't make a bracha for a bracha. There's a bracha to make a birchaz amazin. But we don't make a bracha for making birchaz amazin, which is another whole approach in this Gemara that perhaps there were those who felt that you should not make a bracha. And he was the one that instituted to make a bracha before, the kayin's making a bracha before he gives a bracha. Now, my mevarech, amar abzeira, amar avchizda, asher kiddushanu b'kiddushasei shal aharain, that you... Either he was the one that instituted the bracha, which is a chiddush, or, there was, or everyone made a bracha, but he was never yoitzah by someone else. And I'm sure there are many other approaches. So the Nusach is, Hashem Kiddushan of a mitzvah of Shal Aharain, Vitzivanu, Levarech es Amo Yisrael, Bi Ahava. The famous word Ahava. Where do we find in the Torah that it has to be done? Bi Ahava. So we learned yesterday the concept of Toiv Ayin. And we read out yesterday the Ramah that explains the Minig Ashkenazim that we only give Birchas Kahana Bechutz La'aretz on Yomim Toivim because you have to have Simcha. So here we see already that the mitzvah or the effectiveness or included in giving a bracha, is that you have to be a toiv ayin, you have to be a generous person, you have to be in a state of simcha. And here we're adding something, not the same, but similar, that there is an emotional part of the mitzvah, that a kain has to give it ba'ahava. We have a, one of the mafarshim say that when it says in uh, Parshas Nasai, Amoir lahem, the word Amoir is written alef mem vavresh, and it could have been written chaser, it could have been written alef mem resh, vav, is an allusion to Ahava. I don't know how people understand this without Hasidus, but we learn from Kabbalah that Vav, Bechlal, the six, always refers to the six emotions. You know, it's Malchus is separated, it's Zah, and emotions is uh, feelings. And the, and the head, the father of all emotions, the first one is Chesed, is Ahava. Or however other place that we know that it has to be, be Ahava, and that's included in the Bracha. That the question is that why do people say that the Kayin Yashikrechachem, he's doing his mitzvah. I don't know if the question is such a big question. What's wrong with telling a person, thank you for doing a mitzvah? But one of the, that's a question that's asked. And one of the answers is, is that, that you're thanking him for the ahava. I, Hashem, commanded him to give a bracha and included in that is that he has to be in joy and he has to be generous and be ahava. It's hard. In other words, the client has to get into the right frame of mind when he's giving the bracha that he has to love everyone. And especially if he knows his uh, members... His chaverim, it's not always easy. So the big yashakech to the kahanim. Now we're going to start learning that aside of the kahanim giving the bracha itself, and aside of them making a bracha before they do the mitzvah of giving the bracha, there is a tefillah that the kahanim say before they give the bracha. And as we spoke out yesterday, when they are akar raglov, before the ending of Ritzay, that they have to at least start moving towards the platform, before the end, before the words, when they come up to the platform, they face the Aran Kaidish in respect to Hashem. And it has to be panim al panim, so there is a point in which they turn around facing the people. 
But while they are facing the Aram Kaidish, there is a prayer that they make. We're going to learn about the Nusach of their prayer. And also, when they finish Birchas Kahanim, before the end of Sim Shalim, they stay on the platform. And again, they make a prayer. And we're going to read about the Nusach of what is it that they say. So, when they move, when they uproot their feet, in other words, in preparation to the bracha, my Omar, what did the Kahanim say? Says the Gemara, these are their words. He wrote in Milfanech Hashem, Alekeinu, may be a will Hashem, our God, Shetehei Brachazu, that made this blessing. Should Sivisano, that you commanded us, Levarech Hesamcha Yisrael, to bless the Jewish people, your people, Israel. There should not be any stumbling or sin as a result of it. And the pashtus of this bracha is, of this tefillah is, being that birchas kahanim, we learn in Hasidus the following, that there is a prayer and there is a blessing. There's tefillah and bracha, and they're very different. Tefillah is the power to evoke something new within godliness, so to say. So someone was ill, and through our prayer we can create an, a, new, a new thing, that Hashem is going to send that person health. Or if a person doesn't have parnasa, that tefillah has the power to, to create, so to say, a new hashpa'ah from Hashem. The word bracha normally means that there is already in the heavens a decision that so-and-so good should happen to so-and-so. But from that all the way down to the physical world, for that hashpa'ah to become tangible, there's a whole system. It has to work its way down through the hishtalshulas. And it can get stuck, so to say. And bracha normally means that something that's already beruchnius, if it's stuck through a bracha, it's going to come all the way down. You are unclogging the pipe, so to say. The uniqueness of birchas kahanim is that birchas kahanim has both tefillah and bracha. Both it creates something new and it brings it all the way down, which means that the people who are the recipients of the birchas kahanim actually get tangible brachas amongst many other brachas. And we all know that when a person gets all of a sudden a huge physical blessing, that sometimes the person is so overwhelmed with this chidush that he can stumble because of it, or he can sin because of it. So look at the, the love of the kain. So the kain who understands that they're actually giving us a bracha, or God is going to actually bless us. Actual meaning it's going to become a mashasdik through the kahanim. So the kain before he blesses us, is asking for Hashem. Okay, the people are getting a bracha, but nothing, you know, from too much good, they should be able to, to be makabal all that good. So that is what they say before they give the bracha. Now, when he turns his face around, as we mentioned, and he's going to stay on the duchen during the simshalim to the point that he stays there in order for our, our meaning, the community's response of amen to the words, isn't only amen to the, to the baltvila. It's an amen to these words of the kain. But what does the kain say? So, you know, the Kahanim have a lot of secrets, which I'm sure we don't know of, even though many of the dinam are written in Shulchan Aruch. So what happened here was that it looks like Rav Ukva knew information. Ad Berei, Rav Chizda, was trying to schlep out information from Rav Ukva. What exactly do you guys say after you give the bracha? So Ad Berei, Rav Chizda, Rav Ukva, so Rav Chizda led Rav Ukva by Hasidim. He made a fabrengi and he gave him mashke and he made l'chaim until he led him to say, ah, this is what we say, v'dorash. That the Kahanim say, We did what you commanded us. And that implies that there, there's some sort of um, 
deficiency that a coin might feel, what might be something that he's saying, oh, I did what you told me to do, like, I'm not guilty. First of all, when he gave the bracha, being that it has to be panim al panim, the coin's back is to the Aaron Kodesh. And he's standing on the platform. So it might have appeared as something of disrespect towards Hashem. Or, there's a whole problem of Baal Tosef. A coin, Taka loves the people. And he's in a good mood. And he's generous. And he wants to give more brachas. He can't. He can only say the words that are written in the Torah. So he finishes by saying, listen, God Almighty, I did what you told me to do. Because I would have added more brachas. And now he asks Hashem to add to the bracha. Now, these words are not baltoisif, and that's a discussion that the Alter Rebbe has. It's, it's all the way down to the Paiskim. Why aren't these words baltoisif? Being, as we learned yesterday, all of the dinim, it has to be benesias kapayim. The hands have to be lifted, and it has to be baloshan akhaydish, and it has to be panim al panim, and, and, and they have to say it with their hands in a certain position. There are so many details of how the kayin has to give brichas kahanim. Being that this final blessing is not being given in that way, it's clear that he's not adding to the brichas kahanim. But a kayin cannot bless a person ever? Bal Of course not. It's... It's not Baltoisif because it's not given the way the, the bracha is given. And what does he say? He says, Asei imanu, turning to the Amit, do with us. Mashi that which you promised us, which is, and now he quotes a whole Pasik in Parsha Savi, that Ashkifa that look down from your holy abode. You know, there are seven heavens, and one of them is called mine. Ovarech es amcha es Yisrael. Ve'eis ha'adama. Ashenosat olano. And he quotes the whole Pasuk in Parshas Kisavai. Gevaldik. Oman Abchizda says, Rabchizda, e'in ha'kiyanem rishoyim lochuv kishrei etzbo eiseyem. Vekahanem are not allowed to bend their finger joints back to normal. What's that back to normal? So at least to say what it says in Shulchan Aruch, that when the Kahanim give the bracha, they have to make sure that there are five spaces in between their fingers. How do they make five spaces? This is what it says in the book. So when they put their, their fingers together, so there's two fingers and a space, space number one. Two fingers, space number two. Even though they put the right hand, we have Kahanim here, it could be they're laughing at me, I'm, I'm just saying what I know for what it says in the book, that the right hand should go a little bit above the left hand, but in between the thumbs, there has to be a space. So one, two, so in between the thumbs, that's the space number three, space number four between the thumbs and the two finger, and here's space number five. So that's the way they have to hold their hands. So that's called the, the position. Now, when can they go back to normal? Only when they turn back around facing the Aaron Kaidish again. They can only put their joints back to normal. That means they, when, they, when they're turning back until they finally face the Aaron Kaidish again, they're still in that position. And now we're going to go through all the details. So, Amar Abzeir, Amar Abchizdam. Oh, oh. Like we learned yesterday, we spoke out from Rashi, that the minig used to be that there was no Before that happened, after the Baltfila finished the words, if there were two kahanim or more, so then someone announced kahanim. Today, being that the Baltfila says, they say it even when we have the merit to get the real birchas kahanim. If there are two kahanim or more, the Baltfila says the words kaihanim loud. If there's only one kayan, he doesn't say the words kaihanim loud, but he says it all the way till the end. And now, 
So, ein hakoyer de shoy likris kahanim, achi yichlo amin mi piyat sibur. They didn't say alikain of alikayavi say no. They went from atoyv, atoyv shimcholochon alohaydois. Right after that, someone announced kaihanim. First, the baltfila has to say the end of the bracha. And then everyone has to answer amin. And only after everyone answered amin can the caller say the words kaihanim. Now he's saying the words kaihanim. The kahanim are going to begin with the bracha. When can they begin with the bracha? The enak kahanim neshem lahaskel the bracha on ad sheyichle dibur mipihakayra. Only after the word kaihanim was 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 finished, stopped. So he used to chazan out kaihanim. So only when he finished the line gemem can the kahanim begin with the bracha. And that goes through the whole birchas kahanim. One cannot talk over the other. When can they answer Amen? Only only when they finish the words Then can people say Amen. And the Kahanim cannot begin with the actual Birchas Kahanim. Interesting. The Bracha is part of Birchas Kahanim. So there's the Bracha of the Mitzvah. And the Mitzvah itself is called here the other Bracha. In the times of Shas, there was not a prompter. In other words, the Kahanim said, Ba'ahava, people answered, Amen. And the Kayan himself, or the Kahanim themselves, went straight to Yivarechacha. Today, the minig is that the Baal is going to word by word prompt the Kayan. So the Baal is going to say Yivarechacha, and they're going to repeat Yivarechacha. For example, the Rambam, Bismanoi, there was already a prompter, but the prompter did not say the words Yivarechacha. Interesting. The first word, we were certain that the Kahanim will all know the first word Yivarechacha. For that, they don't need to hear it. So Yivarechacha was said after they said Bi'ahava, Bi'ahava, Amen. Kahanim said Yivarechacha. The Baltfila said Hashem. The Kahanim repeated Hashem. V'yishmerecha. The Kahanim repeated V'yishmerecha. Our minute today is, is that every single word is being prompted by the Baltfila, and one cannot speak over the other. The A, not only that, everything has to be done in its right time. When can the Kahanim turn back to face the Aaron Kodesh, which is when they add the Hiratzen and they say the Hashkifa? That's only Achiyaschel Shliach Tzipur b'Sim Sholim. The Shliach Tzipur has to begin Sim Sholim. And as Rashi speaks out, that the Kahanim say they're after Tefillah very slowly. They want to finish the Pasik with the Chazan's ending of the Pasik Basholim. So the Amen that we say on Sim Sholim should go also on the Amen for the Bracha of the Kahanim. And ve'ein Rishoim la'akad agleim And they can only go back. Now the reason why you have to wait, one cannot speak over the other, that's the Tresus on top of the Amit. <clears throat> that's because of the Klau, that Trei Kala Loi Mishto'i, you cannot hear two, vo- two sounds, so you have to hear the blessings of the Kahanim. If people are saying Amen, you're not going to hear Yivarechacha. Today that we prompt the Kahanim, the same thing, Trei Kala Loi Mishto'i. So Tresus asks that we learn in Megillah that when something is Chaviv, yeah, you hear, for example, Mikra Megillah. We have to hear the reading of the Megillah. And, and we are not Makvid. Fakert, we want people in the community that have kosher Megillahs should read together with the Balkaira. I, people are going to be hearing both the reader and your neighbor that's reading the Megillah. Since it's Chaviv, 
you'll listen to two voices together. Why not over here? So Tosefus says that obviously that by Mikra Megillah, everyone is saying the same thing. They might not be perfectly synced, but they're saying more or less at the same time the same thing. Here, everyone is saying something else. One, one person is making a bracha, they're saying amen. You're saying the word Yivarechacha, then you're saying the word Hashem. So if one will speak over the other, two different sounds at the same time, no one can hear. So there has to be a clear weight between one and the other. Oh, and now again, like we mentioned in this daf, we are going from Birchas Kahanim to the reading of a Sefer Torah. And again, perhaps because they both also are connected to an expression of respect and the desire to fully hear every part of it. So, Amar Abzeda, Amar Abchizda, the same thing is by the reading of the Torah, that Ein Hatsibur Rishoyim La'anis Amein, Achatich Labracham Piyakaira. The one who's being called up, the reader, is the one that's saying the bracha. Then that, he was the same person. So he made the bracha, even though we learned before, if you remember Megil, I think, that originally, not everyone made a bracha. Originally, the first one made the beginning bracha, and then the seventh one made the final bracha. But in any event, when, whenever someone was making birchas the community can only say the word amen when he finishes the ending of the words. And their minig was that after every single verse that was read, there was a interpreter that interpreted that pasik in the understood language before they had the printed English chumashim. The one who's giving the interpretation cannot start until the reader finished reading the pasik. And now you have the guy interpreting. So the reader cannot begin reading from the Sefer Torah until the interpreter finishes interpreting. Yeah, that's right. Huh? So we just spoke out that before you came here that some shuls extend this according to Rav Moshe very wrongly. Today we're not allowed to speak. Today, we're not allowed to talk. That's the words of Shulchan Aruch. Ein. Asr, l'saper, afilu, b'divri toira. Afilu, ben gavra, le gavra. It's, a din, it's, a, it's such a clear din in Shulchan Aruch. That's amazing. Again, it must be, I hope, that there are other people that addresses the truth of Rav Moshe that proves that our words of divri toira are not connected to the Targum. Targum is exactly that Pasuk. No. You have in the place can people that speak about people individually learning for themselves while the Mishaberich is being made. That's something else. But the rule, there's a rule. Okay, let's go back. Omer Avtanchum, Omer Abishob ben Levi, more Hilchas Kriyas Ha Maftir. Now, don't forget, there's interestingly in history, it's not clear, people should know that, exactly which wicked government were the ones that decreed that we're not allowed to read the Torah on Shabbos to which the Chachamim of that time reacted temporarily by substituting the Torah for Nevi'im. Whether it might have been the Greeks or it might have been the Romans. It's not clear. No. So, no, no, no. It's not clear. So the bottom line is, is that there was a certain period of time that we substituted the Kriya with, with, with the Haf Torah. And even after the terrible decree was lifted and we went back to the Takana of calling up seven people to reading the Torah, we continue with the Haftarah. Now, during that time, being that 
the concept of Zion Kuruim was thrown on the Haftarah and the dinners that we cannot read in public less than three psukim at a time. So there was no Haftarah smaller than 21 psukim. After we went back to the reading of the Torah, certain people are not Makbed anymore to always have a 21 Pasuk Haftarah. That's a, that's a big difference in Minhagim. We are of those who are not Makbed. We have some Haftarahs that are very small. But what we need to make sure is, is that there has to be seven people being called to the Torah. And the Haftarah has to come after the seven Kuruyim. You can't call up a person only for the Haftarah reading, Not only that, our minig is that it's not that the seventh person being called has the Shavi and goes into the Haftarah, that we have seven people reading before we call up the person that's eventually going to read the Haftarah. And we repeat three psukim or more for what we call Maftar. It's a pure repetition. And not only that, we have to make a clear mechitza between the Torah reading and the reading of Nach, reading of the Nevi'im, because Haftarah is from the Nevi'im. And, and so, even though you made sure that you had seven readings in the Torah, Today we have not the, the, the Baal Haftarah is the Baal Maftar. He reads an eighth time. He cannot begin reading the Navi Sefer Torah until the Sefer Torah is properly um, rolled together. To what point we, we witnessed our Rebbe Pasha turning and waiting until the Sefer Torah was fully covered before he began the Brachas of the Haftarah. There are those other Paiskim that say that it only has to be the beginning. But we have a full Galila. And then, after the Sefer Torah is fully enclosed, do we start the Birchas and the reading of the Haftar itself. Amar Aftanchum, Amar Abishob and Levi. Ein shliach tzibur rishoy lahafshit es hateva batzibur. So Rashi writes something amazing. That it was common then, in the times of the Gemara, probably for security reasons, that the Sifrei Torah were not kept in the shul proper that there was a house, some place close to the shul, that had the merit to have in it an Aran Kodesh with the Sifre Torah. And every time there was a Torah reading, the Torah was taken from a house and brought into the minion. This has nothing to do, people confuse it, with us schlepping a Sefer Torah to a place where there is no minion. That's not what we're talking about. Even when there is a minion, we're makbe today, that's the minig not to take a Sefer Torah unless the Torah is read for three times or more. They found up a, a, a way out of that. By the way, like for Shiva, what people do today is, is that they have a Oran Kodesh that has in it a small Sefer Torah and their entire Oran Kodesh is taken from, to a house of mourning. And that's not so problematic because you're not taking the Sefer Torah away from its home to a place for a short amount of time. You're taking the whole Oran Kodesh. But coming back over here, here we're Pashat speaking that I don't think so. It's not Mashman like that. So there was there was an Aran Kaidish and they had large Sifri Torah and they used to bring the Sifri Torah to the shul. But what they used to do is is that they used to adorn the bima. What we call the teva will be the bima to give cover to the Sefer Torah. So here they were the, they're teaching us a din in Kavad Hatzib. On one hand, we have to have the utmost respect to the Sefer Torah. You can't speak during the reading of the Sefer Torah. On the other hand, once the reading is finished and the Sefer Torah is rolled up and you're taking the Sefer Torah out of the house, you don't have to first undress the bima, making everyone wait. You can take the Sefer Torah out. The moment the Sefer Torah went out of the shul, 
today, that would be the Sefer back in the Oran Kodesh. There, that heightened level of, you know, standing with the COVID, not doing anything, not talking, is diminished. And later, the person who has the schus to, to undress the teva can do it then. So again, that, that ain't... They used, to, they used to put special ornaments, special clothing on the bima because the Sefer Torah is being brought there. So the Sefer Torah has to be taken out. So says Rav Tanchum, in the Rav Shobal Levi, let's read it again, that the Shliach Tzibur, here let's call him the Gabai, or the Shamish of the Shul, or someone who has the Schuss to do it, he does not have to undo, undress the bima which would mean that the Sefer Torah is still going to be in the area, and everyone is going to have to be at a heightened level of attention and covet. The Sefer Torah can be taken out, and then he on his own can undress or fold up the, specially, the special covering that was put on the bima. Why? Because of Kavad HaTzibur. You know, Tichad HaTzibur, Kavad HaTzibur, that is something of less significance just make sure the Sefer Torah is respectfully taken out of the shul. And on that note, the Tzibur cannot leave the shul now you understand, one explains the other. Being that no one can leave the shul until the Sefer Torah is taken out, if you'll have to wait to fold up the bima, and only afterwards the Sefer Torah can be taken out, you're holding up the Tzibur. So that's why you can take the Sefer Torah out. Until the Sefer Torah is taken out, no one can leave the shul. It would be equivalent today that no one can leave the shul until the Sefer Torah is back on the Aron Kodesh. Stand with respect. Now, b- therefore, we will learn the Gemara taking out the next two words. Pasha, it doesn't fit. That's why you read on the side the Masoiris Hashas. He brings from the Rif and the Rosh. We won't, we don't have that girsa. Even though there's another whole way of learning this Gemara. But we'll learn it this Pasha late. So, Rabbi Shobin Levi says, you have to stay in shul. You have to wait until the Sefer Torah is taken out of the shul. Shmuel says, I'm sorry, Achi and Natal, Rabbi Shuab and Levi is saying that the Tzibur cannot leave only when the Sefer Torah is taken off the Bima. Period. The moment it's taken off the Bima, people can leave the Shul. And Shmuel contradicted him. Shmuel said, no, that people cannot leave the Shul until the Sefer Torah is taken out of the Shul. So is there an argument between Shmuel and Rabbi Shuab and Levi? So the Gemara says, no. Veloi pligi. Ha. Rabbi Shuab and Levi, that allows people to leave even before the Sefer Torah left the shul. That is only at the Ika Pischa Achrina, when the shul has two doors. Two doors through which the Sefer Torah can leave. So the Sefer Torah is going to be taken out of the Bachavadika, the main entrance. If you want to leave before, you can do it from the back entrance. But you're not walking in front of the Sefer Torah. When Shmuel added, and he said that you cannot leave the shul until the Sefer Torah leaves the shul, says the Gemara, that's the Leka Pischachrino. That's when there is, there's only one door to enter and to exit. Meaning the Sefer Torah, like Rashi explained, then was housed someplace other than in the building of the shul. If you're going to leave the shul before the Sefer Torah leaves, then you're walking in front of the Sefer Torah. That's disrespectful. Now, Rabbi Shob and Levi holds, as if the Sefer Torah was taken off the bima, and there's no tichar de tzibura because the bima's dressings will be dealt with later. 
just take the Sefer Torah off the bima. Now, if people want to leave through the back door, they are allowed to do it. And Rava says, you know something, Bar Ahina Azbrali, the son of Ahina explained this to me. Since it says in Parsha Sre'ei, Achri Hashem Alikechem Telechu, walk after Hashem. Can you walk after Hashem? Including in this Pasik is, don't walk in front of a Sefer Torah. Walk behind the Sefer Torah. So that explains when there's only one exit to the shul, the Sefer Torah wasn't yet taken out. It's not Achinich B'mekoymai. So then, then Shmuel is saying you can't walk out of the shul. And by the way, that's why today, when the Sefer Torah is being taken back from the Bima to the Aron Kodesh that we have in the shul, it's not just about people going to kiss the Sefer Torah. Really, the Indian is to accompany the Sefer Torah walking behind the Sefer Torah. People should walk a step or two or three behind accompanying the Sefer Torah. And when a Sefer Torah is being taken today from one place to the other, when it's permissible, it's a big union in halacha that you should have one then more person taking the Sefer Torah. No, there should be some type of honor being given that we are accompanying the one who's taking the Sefer Torah. Let's finish. Bisman, back now, again, back and forth, Sefer Torah, Birchas Kahanim, there's a link. Here the Gemara opens up with a premise, with a question that we're going to have to wait until Daf Mem to see that these words should not be taken literally according to everyone. The literal meaning here is that during the time of Birchas Kahanim, it seems like people have to speak. The community that's getting the blessing have to say something. What should they say? By the way, our minute today, we're going to come to that tomorrow, is that we do say a bracha regarding dreams, as we learn in Masech des Brachas, that it's an appropriate time to pray for our dreams to be transformed to good, but we don't say it when the Kahanam are saying the words. We'll get to that more tomorrow. But here, from it, when you read the Gemara, it sounds like Avade, people should be talking, should be saying something. The question is, what do people say, what does the Kahal say when the Kain is giving the Bracha? So here the Gemara is going to say that it depends when even though we spoke out yesterday, that's practically, but we, we took a step ahead. Here we're going to see from the Gemara that Birchas Kahanam is given in Shachris, and it's given when there's a Musaf, and it's going to be given by Ne'ilah, and the Gemara is going to say that depending on what time of the day are the Kahanam giving the Brachas, accordingly, there'll be different psukim being said by the community. And again, all of this to be clarified more on top of Dafmen. So that when they say So here we're quoting from Tehillim Kapitel Kuf Gimel, and there's Pasik Chaf. It appears that when the Kahanim give the first bracha Yivarechacha, the Kahal is going to say Pasik Twenty, which reads Baruch Hashem, bless Hashem, Malach of His angels, strong warriors, etc. That's Pasik Chaf. When the Kahanam are giving the second blessing, Pasik Ya'er, then the people are saying, it appears, Pasik Chaf Aleph, Baruch Hashem, bless Hashem, Kol Tzavav, all of his legions, all of his servants, Misharsav, all of those who are Oyser Sinai, Baruch Hashem, Oyser Sinai. period. And then when he gives the final Pasik Yisa, so the Kahal says, the Pasik Chaf base, Baruch Hashem, Kol Maisov, that bless Hashem, bless all of, bless all of his works, in all of his places, in all of his dominion, Hashem. Continues the Gemara, good, that's why Shachris. But the Musafi the Shabbat, when you have Birchas Kahanim, Mahim, what do the people say? So Amaravasi, here they say Kapitel Kuflamadalot. Now, what's very interesting is that Kapitel Kuflamadalot and Tehillim only has three psukim. So you would think, oh, three psukim, three brachas, three psukim. 
So says Ravasi, look at this, that the first Pasuk is said by the first Bracha. Shir Hamalois, Hine Borchos, Hashem, Kolavdi Hashem, Vagoyim. When the Kohanim say the second Pasuk, then people say the second Pasuk in Kuflam Adalot. So Uyadechim Kodesh, Uvarchos Hashem. So you would think that they would end now with the words Yivarechach Hashem, which is the end of Kuflam Adalot. Says Ravasi, you know what they say by the third Pasuk? They say not the end of Kuflam Adalid. They say the last Pasik of Kuflam Hey, which ends Baruch Hashem Etzien Shaykhin Yishalayim Halaluka. So right away the Gemara answers, it doesn't make sense. If the people are responding to or they are praying together, they are saying with the Kahanim, the way it appears, the Kuflam Adalid, perfect, three for three. The Leimanami, why don't they end with the final Pasik of Kuflam Adalid? Which are the words etc. It's written in that capital. Answers Yehuda, the son of Rabshim and Ben Pazi. Ah, he gives a great answer. The first two psukim of capital Kuflamadalid are, are psukim that are speaking about us blessing Hashem. How does it begin? We are blessing God. The second Pasuk speaks about we, and we are blessing Hashem. The third Pasuk is not speaking about us blessing Hashem. The third Pasuk, if they were to say it, is Hashem Hashem should bless us from Tzion. It's Hashem blessing us. It doesn't fit. So we don't say that. So we quote the end of Kuf Lamed Hey that also speaks about us blessing Hashem. Now, by a fast day, as we spoke out yesterday, normally people eat after Shachris, after Musaf. And therefore, there's a possibility that the Kahanim will be drunk. And therefore, there's no Birchus Kahanim by Mincha. But during a fast day, there's no Shikrus. We're not eating nor drinking. So we say Birchus Kahanim, even by Mincha. And Taka, our Minik today is that the Baltfila. Who Birchas Kahanim is only Anyantiv, but the Baltfila says it during the davenings, and by a fast day he also adds it in Mincha. Vir, what do we say? We say Psukim again. The people say Psukim in Yirmiyo in Pedik Yudale this pasuk. Im avinenu the pasuk Zayin im avinenu anubanu that if our sins are testifying against us, so then we pray to God. Is Hashem asay l'man shemecha? Here, Fakir, here we're asking for God to bless us. It's not us blessing God, but we're asking Hashem to bless us. And then we say Pasuk, for the second Pasuk of Birchus Kahanim, we add Mikveh Yisrael, Pasha, the Taich of Mikveh means the hope of Israel. The hope of Israel, Moishiyoy, our Redeemer, in a time of Tzara, we're praying out to Hashem, why are you behaving like a stranger in the land? And then we say for the third Pasuk, Pasuk Tez, why you, God, are acting like a man in, who, in shock. Like a mighty warrior that you cannot save us. Save us. And as Toysavis points out at the end of the Amid, that that's the whole concept of a fast day, that in the beginning of a fast day, we do tshuva, we do repentance. But at Mincha, at the end of a fast day, it's an Ace Ratzon. And that's a time for us to ask supplications, for, for us to ask Hashem, in other words, we're asking Hashem to, to uh, gracefully have Rachmanus on us. And that's Taka connected. We'll get to that more tomorrow. Why we Taka, we say, we, we make a prayer regarding Chalaymas during Bechaz Kahanim. It's a moment of Hasbaras Panim. It's a moment that we can ask Hashem to save us. And let's just finish this. I know it's Leidaf Mem. And B'ne'ilo, the Yom Kippurei, that dear Bechaz Kahanim is Taka given a day, but it's before the end of the day, 
why do the people say, Amar Marzutra, or it's written in a Braisa, that here we're quoting a Pasuk and Tilim Kuf Chavches, and we start with Pasuk Dalit. So for the first Pasuk, we say, Hinei, Kichain, Yevoirach, Gever, Yirei Hashem. Behold, for is blessed those who fear Hashem. And then we say, Pasuk 5, Yevoirach, Hashem, Etzien, Urei Betu, Virushalayim, Kolimei Chayecha. And for the third Pasuk, we add Pasuk 6, Urei Banu Levanecha, Shalom Al Yisrael. These are the three psukim that are said by Ne'ilah, and a lot more. And tomorrow, the Gemara is going to right away ask exactly do we say it, do we not say it to be continued?